Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the Dusted Waterfowl Podcast, hosted by Tyler Swenson and Jackson Rice. Today, we're going to kind of talk about uh, late season, kind of go over that and talk about what we do to get ready for the next season. I know it sounds or seems early, but I mean, there's a lot of things you can practice up on or clean or perfect. So let's get into it. Late season, late season goose hunts. What do you, what do you think? I think they went pretty well. I think it's the most success we've had late season. Yeah. I think, uh, what do you, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of the dry season and bird just kind of moving in late or. I don't know. We did have pretty good numbers throughout. The duck numbers were not there. No, they the came, they came late. They came, they came after the season. They came super late, but I don't know why the geese stuck around with pretty good numbers the whole season, especially from like, mm, right after Thanksgiving on. It was, I thought it was interesting. Um, to me, I don't know if it seemed like it to you as well, but I thought it was when you were watching the birds, like, it almost seems like you can tell local birds versus the migrators because yeah. the local birds, just the way they dump into a field, mm. you know, the migrators, there'd be so many of them. They would just be like tornadoing down into a field and yeah. all the locals, you know, they just kind of coast in. And I've, I feel like I haven't seen numbers like that in the, in the past. You know, when we'd go out and scout in those mornings, we'd be scouting Ethan's field and You'd see these migrators, they'd be up, up real high, and then they'd make their way down. But these local birds, they'd just, um, they wouldn't be so high off the ground. And they just, you know, they they know where they're going and they know where they want to be in the field. Yep. They knew where they wanted to be. So that was kind of, that was kind of fun to watch, you know, beginning of the season, like we've talked about it before, but, uh, we had some pretty successful hunts early on and then I felt like it really slowed down. Yeah. We had a, Pretty good mid-season lull. I, we just didn't have the numbers of birds. Just The ducks just never really showed up. It was all local birds, and they just got harder and harder to kill. Well, a lot in the refuge. A lot in the refuge. And, again, there was a lot of ponds we usually hunt that were pretty dried up. And Yeah, there was very little water. No, no flooded corn or anything like that. Just wet or wet potholes in fields. There was none of that. So, um, I mean, it was kind of fun. I mean, there was, uh, I felt like we saw a bigger crowd too in the area because of the migrators that we had. I felt like mm-hmm. anywhere else, they didn't have the birds that we had yeah, and the opportunities that our area held. So a bit more competition out there. Um, typically we see the same groups over and over. And there was a lot of new guys that I've never seen before. Yeah, it wasn't so much new groups. It was just more like just a couple people here and there that it's not very hard to get permission where we're at on a lot of the fields, I'd say, because they're just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, go hunt. I don't Mm -hmm. care. And people start figuring that out and telling people. And So, I mean, back on the topic of the late season goose hunt, um, one one goose hunt that I really remember um, is when we took when we took Chase out, your younger brother Ethan. Uh, we were hunting your field, and they weren't really doing it how we necessarily would have liked. And I don't know why that was. It's probably 
We were probably too close to the fence line. Most likely. And, you know, a lot of eyes. Piggy late season geese. It happens sometimes. Yeah, there were a ton of eyes out there, but we shot our limit and a pretty decent time. Yeah. Mounted. We when went out there. Flying to yeah, when yeah. we finished our limit. We were out there for a while because it was varying how or what time they were flying. Yeah, you don't want to get caught with your pants down, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple times this year uh, hunting one field. I'm pretty sure it was my my call which was a bad call we we got there a little late and i mean it was weird because a couple days before the birds were flying like two hours later than what they did that day and later it got the more it seemed like they'd fly a little later every day in the morning and a little later at night yeah they were just moving back a little bit but it was an overcast day and we got we literally parked the trucks and there was already birds flying around but i i kind of felt like ah screw it you know let's just go out there see what happens set up quick and yeah we shot birds still yeah i can't remember how many we shot but we had i think we shot seven five or seven not a bad day by any means yeah it was pretty decent ethan maybe if ethan wouldn't have had such a hard time with his gun that day oh yeah that was a tough day (laughs) (laughs) using new ammo and stuff and yeah i don't know what that was but it did not like your gun did not cycle that well so that can always be troublesome. But yeah, one thing about like late season I thought was that like the weather was pretty mild. Like I wasn't like every time we hunted, it wasn't like we were terribly cold. No, it Not was for, like being December. And I feel like that's another reason why we had so many different hunters from other areas up here. Not cold. You still have the fair weather hunters. Cause typically we're like the only ones out there. I feel yeah, like and then maybe two other groups. Yeah, we didn't see much snow. I mean, like we've hunted snow like before and like it didn't seem like it was a pretty mild winter. Probably like November early. Yeah. When we were out there, so. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes the hunt more fun when you're not like so cold and you can't feel your hands. And Yeah. I know I've been out there. Uh, I think it was by myself out on your field, Ethan. And I, was, oh, I remember that. I was just freezing my ass off. and it was, it was cold and it was like freezing rain that day. Yeah. And I'm sure the birds didn't fly till like 11 that day, but I just, I just couldn't, I think I had to go back to college. This was a last minute hunt. Like before I had to go back to college, I had to get on the road by like 10 to be able to make it to my class. So I had to pack it up early and that kind of sucked, you know, freeze for a while to see nothing, but I was yeah. out there. I mean, even on a couple of hunts, we were rocking ground blinds still, which is pretty yeah. crazy to be doing in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the A-frame, but maybe I'm biased just because I love my ground blind so much, but God, it's kind of comfy. Yours is pretty comfy. Not, I need to buy a new one yet. Yeah. Here, let's, we can go to that right now. You got anything specifically on your list that you're looking to buy? Well, you know, we've been looking for an enclosed trailer for a while now. It's just a matter of finding the right price on that. Yeah. And in today's market, I mean, yeah, I'm sure everyone knows it. Listen, listening to this, but it's just out of this world, what people want for stuff these days. Yeah. It's one of those, one of those things like our, our process works right now, like what we do and you guys can kind of talk about what we do, mm-hmm. but like, it definitely isn't always the most fun thing to do at four or five in the morning or the night before or anything. So no, we could really streamline if we had a, if we had an enclosed jailer. Yeah. Cause everything would be organized. I mean, I'd feel a lot more comfortable leaving like, you know, if we could, we have, um, 
I can't, what are they? Avery flags? Yeah. They're like 30 foot or whatever they are. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's kind of touchy when you use those during the season. Cause later season they can, they kind of suck and kind of yeah. scare Especially geese off. Windy. Yeah. yeah. And when they're windy, that sucks. But anyways, moral of the story, they're long and you know, if they're sitting in the bottom of the trailer bouncing around, it kind of, they're kind of prone to breaking. So it'd just be nice to hang some of that stuff up. So. Well, you had a couple horror stories too with not using an enclosed trailer too. Oh yeah. Bags blowing out twice this season. I don't Yeah. I don't think we talked about that, but that was, that was kind of stupid. Yeah. That's what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we'd get to the field. All the, all the decoys would be at my house and I'd load them up and Jackson lives in town. So typically he just meet us at the field cause it doesn't make much sense for him to drive all the way to my house and then yeah. drive all the way back towards Lake Mills, load them up. We'd be going, I'd get to the field and I'm, I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm pretty anal about like counting how many decoys we have. Well, it's a good thing you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause I was like, God, this just doesn't seem right. And then I counted again. We're missing a bag. So Jackson just had his car. So he's like, well, I'll go look for it. And yeah, I'll go hop in my car. And Luckily you found both of them. Yeah. This was two different hunts this happened on. Well, yeah, the one time we were fortunate because it was still like daylight out. <clears throat> and then the next time it was in the morning and, it and was dark. Yeah, it was tough for you to find them. And yeah. Where was that? Where were we hunting that morning? Yeah, over over towards the lake. Yeah. Yep. They were on the highway by the lake. Yeah. But I don't know. None of them broke either, which is nice. Yeah, we we're pretty lucky. And then, well, the other ones were by the lake too. And I think the bags definitely helped because, well, some of them did break. I had to manu- manufacture some things there to get the heads to stick on, but they're on there. They look like geese. So that's all yeah. that matters. Yep. That's all that matters. And yeah, we had a couple times where too, it's like, we forgot like a flag and it's like, God, that would have been really nice to have a flag. And like you were saying about a flag before, if you have an enclosed trailer, you got a spot to put everything Always and you know, there. if it's like, if it's missing or if you have it with you. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you're talking even, even the mojos, um, we don't use them so much uh, in the water because that's just something uh, Rice and I came to agree on. Yeah. I mean, oh. there's certain situations where we'll pull them out. But so, I mean, like you said, Ethan, even a spot in the trailer where we could, you know, we had a spot for him, a shelf where this is where that goes. Yep. It'd be a better system to keep track of things. Yeah. It's not like somebody grabbing on the truck and like, hey, you take the mojo wings. And then, you know, you know, nobody has a good spot to put those wings. Yeah, no. <laughs> and before you know it, somebody breaks them or something bad happens mm-hmm. to them. So, yeah. So, now on wood, we haven't had any mojo wings break, but they're not the most sturdy piece of equipment. <laughs> no. It's just a plastic board. Yeah, they're definitely not. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, too, like the process we do now with, like, you know, using your four-wheeler and having to take everything off, put everything back, I mean... Like, you know, if we didn't have to do that whole process, it would definitely save you more time in the morning. It works best if it's like a cornfield and the truck I use right now, nothing fancy. I could say that would be a thing on my list is a truck, but yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a larger purchase, but anyways, I mean, if it's, if it's pretty fair weather and a typically a cornfield or unplowed bean field, you know, I'll drive right out there if it's not wet, but yeah. I mean, if it's wet, we Typically, I would say for everyone, everyone should be doing this, but be courteous of the farmer, no matter what you think's right or not, you know, just don't be rutting up his field because 
that's what you think is right or you you want to do you know just a better system for that another thing is snow covers i'd like to get a snow cover this year yeah i need i'm gonna buy a blind with a snow cover hopefully it comes with it what brand do you think probably tangle free why tangle free they just they make really nice ground blinds i think you like your tangle free one yeah i I wouldn't get that one i'd probably get the like i forget what it's called maybe the landing zone yeah, I think it is the landing zone. Mm-hmm. It's a little more, I mean, mine's mine's like sitting in a boat, which, <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but. Yeah, I'd probably, it, this one's a little smaller and I think it's a little. So what do you think, Ethan? You got anything on your mind? As far as like that goes, probably not. But one thing I definitely liked is uh, that FHF chest rig. I don't know if you guys have seen those. No. Um. So basically it's kind of like a chest harness and they kind of have like a waterfowl kit. Really? And it's like a chest rig. So basically like there's a big zippered pouch and then you can throw like your shells in there, calls and just miscellaneous stuff. Cause like anytime we're hunting water, it seems like I'm always shuffling around. Like where do you put your shells? And yeah, I don't know. It feels like those waiter pouches like never end up working. And oh, speaking no. of that, that's on my bucket list too for next season. <laughs> New pair of waiters. Yeah. Like mine finally kind of kicked the dust. Yeah. So that- five years. <laughs> Well, Maybe yeah, yours was so years. dry rotted. We patch, we patch Jackson's. I don't know if you know this, Ethan, but we patched Jackson's waders like five <laughs> times this year. And I, I kept telling, him, I was like, why don't you just get a new pair? We basically put like Aqua Seal or whatever it was all around like every seam where everything connected, just anywhere where it had kind of a bump or where it could split. Uh, there's Aqua Seal there and it still didn't all work all the way. Well, not when it's that dry rotted. Yeah, that's maybe something we could, I mean, talking about gear, I mean, one thing we could do is maybe test our waders a little more, because I feel like every opener teal hunt we go on, someone's like, oh, I already watered my boot. Someone's got to leave. And it's like, God, it's like the first five minutes, you know? One mm-hmm. thing one thing I kind of uh, saw online somewhere, I can't remember where I saw it, but it makes sense. Um, This is kind of a tip for anyone listening, and you too as well, but I saw, you know, I always hung my waders all year round. I don't know if you guys do that. Yep. But- they say you're not, I mean, if you're drying, I'm drying them out. That's okay. But if you're storing them, you shouldn't be hanging them because over time they, you know, the seams and stuff stretch apart, hanging mm-hmm. from, I hang mine from like two pieces of rope or something yep, like that. Mine. So, and if you are going to hang them, don't hang them from the, the straps, hang them from the boots. Yeah. That's your stress in those straps pretty good if you're doing that. Yeah, so I mean, this year I made sure they were nice and dry, and then I kind of folded them up and put them on my hmm. shelf. I have to try that. Yeah, so I'm experimenting because, you know, some of those waders, I mean, I get it. Waders, you know, they they crack, they get leaks in them. I mean, that's just, you're not going to get a pair of you're, waders that doesn't do that. For neoprene, you're lucky to get like a co- like three years out of them. Yeah, so I mean, that's another thing. You kind of got to weigh your options. Get cheap ones and buy them once a year get some expensive ones and buy them every three years yeah it seems like everything always there's always a chance when you're wearing waders there's always a chance that you might get a hole in them or something so yeah so you can get some sicker ones then ice or no i don't know it that lifetime warranty sounds pretty good and lifetime serviceability on them it kind of weighs out the price i think it but does just, if that upfront price is steep yeah how much is it i thousand bucks oh yeah it's probably around there that is pretty steep. Mm-hmm. And do they, I don't know this, do they carry warranty over like, say I sold them to you? Yeah. Yeah. They do. 
Uh, well, that's a pretty good deal then. Yeah, you see people selling them on Facebook. And I was thinking, I'm like, geez, if someone sells them to me, is that warranty still good if I pop a hole in them or something? Yeah, that's a question I had. I yeah. mean, I think I buy, I have some lacrosse ones and I bought them for 250 I think. Something around those lines. And they had a leak in them this year, but I put some aqua seal on them and they're perfect now. Yeah, we don't we don't use waders like all the time oh, around wow. here. But like it is nice to know that you have waders at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like especially with how dry it's been. We haven't been hunting that much water, but like you say, opening teal, you're gonna be hunting water. Yep. Might as well be dry. Yeah. I mean there's nothing gonna ruin a hunt faster. Yeah, than having water in your waders. I mean, like I said, that falls into our next category, just activities that you can do in the off season. I mean, gear maintenance, make sure your gear is up to snuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of hard to tell if your waders are leaking. I get that. I mean, I have to wait till spring when something's or when the water's opened up. But yeah, I mean, I know when I found if you know there's a leak in your waders or and you just can't figure out where it's at, I just took my air hose and sprayed a bunch of soapy water over my waders and then blew air through it and That's smart. then it suds up right right where it's at so but gear maintenance cleaning your gun make sure you clean your gun because mm-hmm. you don't i mean all that grime and crap sitting on your gun over the season just isn't good for it other gear maintenance mojos i always the the unit itself stays in kind of a colder area but the batteries i bring them up um to a more climate controlled area just so i think it's better on the batteries i'm sure it is or at least in my mind that's what i think so i think jackson all of jackson's mojos are at my house right now i think yeah (laughs) that's just how it worked out you know like we said pick up all the stuff at my house so that's one thing i think it's always tough to do but it's always like if you can take inventory of all your stuff like a month ahead and kind of plan it out because I feel like, like before you know it, it's like, oh man, it's over, it's summer, and then it's like opener teal, and then you're in the hunting season, and then before you know it, it's like, man, like like you said, like my mojo battery's out, my waders are leaking, mm-hmm. and you're just, just falling apart. Yeah, just falling apart. So <laughs> yeah, another thing I'll speak on, and Jackson has a little more experience on this, but I mean maintaining your call as well. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in the off season, you should be blowing your call. You should keep on it, you know, because sometimes I've set my call down for a while and then I don't know what changes, but it doesn't sound the same as when it picked it up in the fall. Yeah. And there's some tips and tricks. I don't know if it's more relevant or as relevant on uh duck calls, but I mean, I've watched videos on goose calls, how to keep you, the material in your goose call up to snuff. Mm-hmm. That cork piece can really get dried out and like dry rot from being wet and whatnot. And I know I've seen on the roost, which you, you're a big fan of. I watch yeah. it too. Um, they say, you know, even put va- a little Vaseline on your mm. O-rings and your goose call. Cause yeah. those can get dry rotted out. I mean, things you don't think of. I mean, really all you think of is, uh, you know, I'll just blow into it the next season. Yeah. But then you figure out you have a bad O-ring and then it's not making that seal in there and kind of leaking out and it's not going to sound the same. Yeah. And then like Ethan said, I mean, the season's here and you're just, ah, God, I got to get another one of those in a hurry. Work on your calling. Mm -hmm. Make sure your call's ready to go. Watch a video if you're interested in learning how to call or ask somebody. I mean, mean, right now is the perfect time to be practicing. 
you don't have any geese to impress, but I mean, if you want to just go out to a lake and listen to them for a while. Yeah. There's plenty around right now. Yeah. Plenty of geese around. I mean, we've been having a bunch of geese and ducks migrate through. Yep. Every day they're just wave after wave over. Yeah. It's like the best time too. If you want to like ask your buddy for some tips, because I mean, when it comes down to hunting season, like your buddy's probably not going to have time to like work with you on your calling. No, it's, it's pretty hard. I mean, Jackson and I have some, I know we've been on some hunts, just us two together where it's been slow. So we're, we'll work on each other's calling because it's easier when another person is listening to you. Yep. But yeah, back to the migrators. I mean, we've been having a ton of birds come through. I, it, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like every single day I walk outside, you just hear, I can't, I can't even replicate what a speckled belly yeah. goose sounds like. It's pretty, Specks and geese. Yeah, it's pretty unique, but a lot of speckled belly geese. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've seen more snow geese than I've ever seen before, too. Yeah, I haven't seen any. I haven't even seen any specks, honestly, on the ground. I've seen them in the air flying over, but I haven't seen any on the ground. I think I've sent you, I've sent you guys a couple of videos mm-hmm. of some specks and snow geese just tearing up a field. Yeah. So that's fun to see. I mean... We don't really get many opportunities to hunt snow geese in this, uh, in the spring in our area. But I mean, if you get lucky, you can be in the right spot at the right time. Yeah. And because they're passing through so much, you can, you can jump shoot too. Yeah. If you you have permission. Yeah. If you got permission or if it's on public, just maybe sneak out there and try to handle a couple. Yeah. Tyler was saying like they're kind of here one day and then they're gone the next. So. And we're only able to hunt on the weekends and doesn't seem like they're ever around on the weekend. So no. and like Tyler said, it's not even really worth it for us because the numbers aren't there to really yeah. try to key in on anything. So, I mean, some people have stocks and stuff that they'll throw out, but I'm, I just don't really think it's worth it. And we don't chase them too hard in the spring anyways. No, I don't think it's worth our investment right now. Especially since you guys are going to have turkey tags, like going to be scouting for turkeys and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Most of our time will be wrapped up in turkeys. Hopefully get one of those this year. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, if you're out and about this spring, just go check your local waters and there are some beautiful birds out there yeah. right now. Yeah. And like any body of water, like any body of water I drive by right now, there's yeah. like some kind of waterfowl in there. It's really not the same as in the fall. No. And you'll see, you'll see ducks that you won't see in the fall, mm-hmm. you know, around right now. Yeah. Like I've been out the last couple of days watching them. What have you been seeing? Uh, a lot of bluebills and a lot of um, ringnecks for the divers. Mostly, I've seen a lot of them, and then saw some blue wing teal. I sent you guys the Snapchats of those. Yep, I was watching those. There, I was got pretty close to those. And then today, I seen a lot of mallards, okay. and I watched all those pintails for a while. Yeah, I mean more than. I mean, stuff you don't see in the fall, yeah. right? And it's so it's so fun to watch too because they're so colorful right now. I'm, you know, they got to impress their ladies, so they got to yep. be fully colored out. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And then out at out where all the swans hang out all the time. Yep, I saw one and it had a neck collar on it. Oh damn! Yep, I was looking for one. There was like seventy five of them out there, and I found I picked one out. Swans, had a green, green neck collar on it. Yeah, looking at the swans, it was pretty rare. I don't know if you've if you guys saw that on our Instagram or not, but pretty early, uh, we were all out on a hunt and 
Ethan luckily had his camera there that day and we got some pretty cool pictures of there was like four swans sitting there or no, I think it was five swans sitting there and like four of them had a neck band around. Yeah. That's something you don't really see mm-hmm. that often around here. Maybe somewhere somebody else sees it more often, but yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. Do they neck band them more than they do leg band them or what? I don't know. I don't know how that works on swans. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where they run a banding program for swans. It would have to be no. a pretty big leg band. They got some thick legs <laughs> <Yeah>. on them. <laughs> they do have some thick legs on them. Yeah, it would be. I mean, the numbers on swans seem like they're way up right now. They're yeah, and going up. Yeah, I mean, you see more white in the field like than I think I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be. I'm. You know, I get it. I'm sure there's a lot. There'd be a lot of people who'd be upset about it, but I think it would be fun to see a program put in place where they allocate, you know, even if they allocated three tags or something, yeah, yeah, you know, just bare minimum for, I don't know if that'd be zoning or the state of Iowa, you know, I don't know how that'd work, but I think it'd be fun to have that opportunity like other states to maybe successfully harvest a swan. But I think it'd be a good way to raise money as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, even if you allocate one for each of our zones, you know, in the Iowa, I mean, that'd be awesome. Then each person had like a swan tag and yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'd put money in the pot mm-hmm. to have a chance at five bucks, yeah. you know, you put in and I bet a lot, I'm sure a lot of people would. Yeah. Cause I mean, an Iowa swan. Yeah. It's not something you'd probably see ever again. Uh-uh. It'd probably, most likely be once in a lifetime deal. Yeah. I, they could make it like that too. You mm-hmm. know, I know some states do that for big game where if, if you draw the tag, whether you get one or not, mm-hmm. you know, you can't apply again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think honestly, the biggest thing the DNR would have is like the public perception that would go around that. That's what I kind of thought. Cause there's a lot of people, which I get it, you know, swans are beautiful. Yep. So I think a lot of people would be pretty upset about that. Yeah. But it'd be fun. It'd be interesting to know how many ever like accidentally get shot in Iowa, if there's anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a pretty big screw up, but it has to happen. Like accidentally. Like, I'm sure there are some young hunters out there who are like, oh, look at these snow geese coming in. Yep. You know, way smaller than yeah. them. Cause there's never a, even seen a snow goose. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of old guys who I, you know, I was like, they're like, oh, where were you hunting? I was like, oh, I was hunting so and so. And they're like, God, did you see them snow geese out there the other day? <laughs> yeah. Those were swans. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ran into that, but. We don't really see that many cranes around though, compared to like the swan numbers, I feel like. Well, I'm surprised because like, I feel like in Texas, they shoot a lot of them down there, don't they? Mm-hmm. They it's shoot like, a lot of I mean, cranes. it's not like a one daily bag limit, right? Like you can shoot a couple, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Nah, I'm not even going to say because I don't know. I was going to say, you know, oh, I think it's this many, but I'm not even sure. Maybe you can look that up for us. Yeah, I'll, I'll look. You know, one thing I was like watching and like TikTok is kind of interesting because it does open your eyes to different people and like. I think there's a guy from, I think you've seen this one too, Ty. Was it like New Jersey? Because I know like people say like the Atlantic uh, Flyway isn't really getting that many numbers. I thought it was, I want to say, I want to say Michigan, but maybe well, it was something like New Jersey. I think I know where you're, just keep going. I think I know what you're talking somebody about. Somebody on the East Coast who was like, got my one, got my one Canada for the day. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, like we can shoot, you know, three at the end of the season. So. I think that was in Maryland. That was in Mar- Maryland. Oh, in Maryland. That's, That's what it was. That's where I was getting the M from. Yep. And I was just like, damn, like it kind of does make a different perception. Cause I feel like around here, we're just so fortunate. Cause like we do get a lot of birds and see a lot of birds mm-hmm. and 
have a really well like producing area for birds. Yeah. So we do get a lot of different hunting opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Did you get that number, Rice? Yeah. So there's three zones in Texas. Zone A's daily bag limit is three. Zone B's is three. And zone C's is two. And then possession limits are three times the daily limit. Okay. I was going to say five. So good thing I didn't say that. Damn. I mean, if you bring, you know, that's a lot of guys. Like you bring five, six, seven guys. That's a lot of, that's a lot of standos going down. And some of them really put them down in some of the videos I watch. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine putting down a swan from like 50 <laughs> yards in the air. Yeah. Imagine you, the thought it would make. Imagine, I mean, there's been some close encounters with us where we shoot geese out of the, out of the sky and it lands not very far from where we're standing. Yeah. That's like a meteor coming out of the sky. Like, <laughs> yeah. And swans are huge. Yeah. Because a goose will knock you out coming down from that far. I don't know what a swan would do. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're a lot bigger than you think. When yeah. you get like, when you get up close and personal, even a Canada, when you're like, touching them after you just after you just shot one out hunting they're so much bigger in you see like viewing from the road or something especially like when you see like somebody like like stuff one or taxidermy one and you see one with the wing spread out you're like damn that is a huge yeah like where are you supposed to put this thing yeah <laughs> yeah it'd be yeah it'd be fun to have a room where you don't have to worry about that yeah i mean it, it was kind of a fun year for us definitely maybe not the numbers we've seen before no, but like taxidermy. It was a good year for our taxidermists, I guess. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Another thing you two should be excited for this off season. Yep. Bringing home two birds. Yep. Yeah, did we speak on that before? I don't remember. I don't think, I don't think we have. No. Why don't you guys, you know, tell about the the hunt and what you have at the taxidermist. Yeah, so we were hunting a, a private pond that was just off a popular highway. And uh, who's been on the podcast before? Uh, Blake Huntington. Him and his dad have hunted here a lot and they, uh, they invited us to go out. So we go out with them and, you know, it wasn't definitely ideal conditions and maybe we didn't have the perfect setup and everything else that went along with it. It was just, it was just a hunt. So, but, um, we had some birds come in and I can't remember. We took, we went, no, some birds landed on the far side. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you guys went and chased them down. Yeah. Cause it's, it was slow. Yeah. And it was me and Blake's dad still sitting there. And I was just like, all right, whatever. And we had one group come in and like, we was so slow. I kind of took me off guard. And uh, I think it was just one bird, wasn't it? It might've been just one bird. Well, no, this is when Blake's dad shot one. Oh, Blake's okay. dad shot one and wounded it and winged it. And it went, you know, on the other side of the pond. So he's over there chasing it down with his dog. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, <sighs> it was just kind of twiddling my thumbs. Like, God, hopefully those guys jump him up over here or something. And <laughs> yeah. Next thing I know, I see a bird land and I'm like, never seen a bird like that before. Like <laughs> it isn't green. It don't look like a Susie. Definitely not a Canada. And I was just like looking at it. And I look at you guys and you guys are like, shoot, shoot. And like pointing at the guns and stuff. And I was just like, I felt stupid afterwards. And I was like, no, huh? I, I mean, like, I was like, I honestly didn't know if you could even shoot something like that. I don't know if it was me and Jackson at the time or who it was, but I remember we were like, what is going through his head? And we were. We were waving at you like I was putting my gun up in the air like right here. Shoot. Yeah. And so, then all of a sudden you hear Ethan. Boom. And so I water smacked it pretty good. And yeah, I think I, I did kind of fuck up the bird a little bit from the tax service because he was swimming around a little bit. He probably would have just died. But I was like, I definitely don't want to lose that bird. <laughs> yeah. So I just cycle another one through. And divers will, they will go down and latch onto the foliage underneath the water or beneath the water and then just. 
stay there. Yeah, and they'll stay down for a long time too. Yeah. So we probably never found that if I didn't shoot it again. Yeah. So, but yeah, Ty comes back around and grabs it, and we figured out it was a redhead. Which I don't know how many times you guys seen redheads out. I've only seen them in the spring. Yeah. Yep. So, not during the fall. Mm-mm. And this was a pretty early season hunt, so it definitely didn't have like its full colors yet. Yeah, it was a little weird. Oh. It I wasn't it, the time that you'd think divers would be coming down. No, I thought it was a pretty unique bird. Like you said, it wasn't fully filled out, but I mean, I would have been happy to bring it to the taxidermist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a pretty good looking bird for how early it was. Because, you know, to someone, like you said, to someone else, you know, it might be just, oh, it's just another redhead. Yeah, who gets a lot of divers, which we don't. So. Yeah, but to us, it was a pretty rare bird. Yep. So then uh, that was my first time ever like going to a taxidermist and kind of learned that whole experience and it was cool. And maybe we'll try to get him on the podcast one day. Cause he was, he's been, you know, doing tax stream, I think for like 30, 40 years and had a bunch of cool stories and bunch of cool stories. He's like, you know, an officially licensed business does everything by the book. So, you know, you're going to get like a good product out of him. And, you know, he had books and books of stuff that, you know, showed his work and I was pretty confident in him with yeah. giving him a bird like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, you found the taxidermist. Yeah. And then later on the season, shot another nice bird. Yeah, we were, we found about, I don't even know how many, 50 maybe? I, I think there's 50 in Probably there. about 50 specks in a field that we have, we've hunted before, mixed in with a bunch of Canada's. So we're like, we just want to see if we can shoot a couple of them. So we set up. Because we were in the Canada refuge, like we couldn't yeah. hunt Canada. So we this were is in the refuge, strictly and, a speckle belly. And I will, I will say too, I remember it being like, "Oh, can we hunt your field?" Well, you can't hunt Canada's <laughs> in that field. Yeah, I know. No I geese. Know. No <laughs> yeah. geese. Yeah, no geese. But anyways, we were waiting on them. They come first. Nah, I think they came after. I think we had because you were yeah, there we too, geese Ethan, landing. Right? Yeah, we had geese landing, which yeah, I mean, we're not gonna do anything about you know live decoys. It's whatever. Yep. We had a couple speckle belly or a group come in and Swenny dumped one of them. I got dumped two. Two. I didn't dump any out of that one. We weren't ready. I wasn't, we weren't ready for it. I really. was kind of scared because I seen one and it had no bars on the belly. <laughs> and I hammered and it, that one. <laughs> yeah. I got kind of scared and I was like, I couldn't tell because the belly looks similar in low light. If it has no bars, it looks very similar to a small Canada. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. So I just kind of laid off and then Ty just fucking hammered it. Yeah, he <laughs> hammered it. <laughs> that one was pretty screwed up too because yeah. I, I was like shooting directly above me and you know, I try to preserve the meat, but I was just so excited about the yeah. speckle bellies coming yep. in. But anyways. But then uh, later they were kind of landing in our spread. They were landing in the field behind us. They were just kind of all over this fence line. But the specs weren't landing in our spread because I don't know why. I think it was the bigger groups that were coming because we got pretty lucky on that smaller group. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because we had some huge groups fly over here and yeah. they were high and they were mm-hmm. just, it was a weird bird for sure for us. Yeah. So. Yep. But yeah. Then we jumped up. I got out and crawled down the fence line and jumped up a couple and then they were flying around. And you, I mean, you crawled for a long yeah, ways I crawled too. for a ways just to try to get a shot at one of these. And then they get up and they start kind of circling around and I pick out one. I could tell it was a speck. I just picked it out. I look at the feet on specks because they're orange. Yep. No other gooses, but it's orange. So <laughs> yeah. I picked him out. I dropped him. I go up to pick him up and he's actually a pretty nice bird. He's got nice bars. He's a mature bird. So I decided to take that one to the taxidermy and I'm pretty excited to 
get it back this August. And that was kind of funny watching you out there. I remember Ethan and I were, you know, we were just standing up in the A-frame because there wasn't anything around mm-hmm. us and we were watching you. And I mean, give yourself props for this. You sniped that yeah. thing out of the sky. Well, yeah, that was a decent shot. Well, that was the thing. It was like, God, I wonder if Rice is ever going to shoot first. And then we're kind of like, well, is he ever going to even have a shot? Yeah. And then next thing we know, like these birds look, I mean, from us, it looks super far away. And next thing we know, it just bam. And like, it kind of caught us off guard for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. He comes down, the wings weren't broken or anything like that. And just filled out. Mm-hmm. He, he was, was an really awesome, nice. awesome looking bird. Yep. And I got it mounted. Uh, yeah. Tell maple him. leafing. Yeah. That's pretty I unique. Him, I got him sideways with the wings out extended, just sideways, head straight. And then there's a piece of driftwood. The taxidermist thought that was a pretty cool idea yeah, too. It's going to be cool. How'd you, Hope get, it is. how'd you get yours mounted again, Ethan? Just like standing there, just like a typical duck mount. And that was because it was a little fucked up, right? Yeah, the wings were a little fucked up on it. So they're just in. Be a sweet, yeah. It'd be a sweet centerpiece right here. Yeah, it would yeah. be. In the middle of our podcast table. Yeah. Yep. He was one of those guys who was just like, and I get it, you know, like he's also doing his work. So like, it was one of those things like he didn't really want, he just said like, I, he didn't think I'd be happy with how the bird looked after a while. Just because the wing was kind of fucked up on it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know. He said, like, if you hunt long enough, you probably shoot another redhead. Yeah. And it's good to have those, the, you know, people like that who yeah. give you an honest opinion, not just out for your money, you yeah. know? Yeah. He was a pretty honest guy. Yeah. He was, like Ethan said, it'd be fun to get him on the podcast. Yeah. It would. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm hoping in the future to really get some filled out birds and put them on the wall. Yeah. It'd be fun to start having a little collection of that. Mm-hmm. There's a cool guy on YouTube that Mark Peterson, he did like the waterfowl slam and, you know, he got everything mounted and just like seeing that whole like taxidermist thing. I was just like, damn, that's sweet. I wonder what the bill for that was. <laughs> That'd be a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember how many birds there was there, but I mean, quickly too, uh, another unique bird we shot, like, like we just talked about, we don't see very many snows and, I don't think you were out there that day, Ethan, but Jackson and I were out there and in comes a pack of Canada's. It was like a 20 pack and they did it really nice. Did it really nice. And this one weird looking bird at the tail end of it, we were like, what the heck is that? And I told Jackson, I was like, Hey, you know, is that a blue goose? You're kind of looking and yeah, 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 it is. So we all line up on this thing and it was way out there yeah, too. We wanted to get this thing down. I mean, we could have shot a lot more Canada's on that group, mm-hmm. but yeah, we just hammered on that one and that was a fun bird. Yeah. Fun bird to see. He was just, he was kind of the color of the dirt. Honestly. He was. He kind of blended in with the dirt. Yeah. A fun bird to shoot, but he was pretty ugly looking. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. He got banned from all other... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they kicked him out, sent him with the Canada. It was weird how he was with those Canadas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had had a couple snows rolling around with some Canadas at that point in the year. Yeah, it was, I, I don't know how that happens, but it's just like a couple mixed in with a bunch. Yeah. So. Who knows? Yeah, it was pretty fun. I mean, I don't know if it was just like when we were hunting and how everything lined up, but like that was the largest amount of speckle bellows we've ever seen. Like yeah. out hunting for sure. Because we've kind of caught them in like groups of like two or three or kind of the same thing like with Canada's before. Mm-hmm. So like see them in a huge group and like, like you said, I won't even try to make that noise, but <laughs> that weird noise they all make together. It's yeah. just, it's a thing like out of this world when you hear them. 
really like is. synchronized and doing that noise. Yeah, it sounds so foreign. Yeah, it's weird, but it's awesome. It's also really cool. Yeah, to hear. So I hope I hope we get into some more of those next year. Yep, that'd be pretty cool because they're only around for maybe a day. Once, yeah, once they're here, they're gone the next. Once they're when if you see them, you better hunt them the next morning. Yep, because else they might be gone. Yep, and we didn't after we shot those. We didn't see any for a long time. Nope. Another bad band year though. Bad band year. Well, at least one person in our group shot one. Yeah. We did shoot one. That was on your field too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was one of those deals where Chase was out with us and we shot a band. Yep. And no one was really sure, you know, yeah. who we shot who shot it. So we drew feathers. Well, we put a feather in one shotgun shell yep. and then we closed a bunch off and threw them in a hat and everyone drew shotgun shells and Chase ended up with it. So mm. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Hoping for bands. Hoping for some banded ducks. That'd be cool. Yeah. Just hoping to shoot more birds. Yeah. That's all a guy can want. Yeah. So you guys got anything more to add? Anything looking forward to? Let's see if I can find that band number. Like where that band was from. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty old bird. It was hatched in 2017 or earlier, it says. And it was from, it was up in like way northern Minnesota. So. Um, because I mean, some of the times that we've seen birds before, it's a lot of banded birds that are like pretty young and kind of local. So, yeah. yeah. So it isn't definitely kind of more of a unique or cooler band for yeah. sure. Yeah. Usually the lake we're by is like usually a mile away from where we're hunting. And mm-hmm. it seems like when you get a band, it's just like all oh, banded at that lake, you know? Yeah. You, you got the bling, but the story behind it isn't very cool. Yeah. I mean, we put down, it's not like we don't put count down Canada's either. When no, we put them down. There's yeah. just not bands to be had. That's what we tell everyone, whether they believe us or not. It's the truth. Yeah. So I don't know if people are just hunting gold mines or what, but those guys with those full banded neck lanyards, I'm like, I don't know what's up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know I got a buddy. He uh he hunts a lot of local birds there, and they band a bunch of birds there. So I think he really gets into them. Yeah. It'd be kind of a fun one to bring on the podcast. He hunts the Mississippi River. So yeah, that'd be cool. Fun to listen to. That would be cool. Yeah, something we don't ever do any river hunts or anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> we really well, we've been on one. We've hunted the river. Two. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was kind of get wide enough. No. They don't really ban much ducks around here, right? I think they banned like some woodies, like that DNR does, but mm-hmm. I don't think they really do much else then. I don't think so. I mean, like, you don't see them banding any mallards or anything like that. No. Band. They they try to band, uh, like we said, that local lake. I think two years ago, they banded, like, 360 at the golf course. Yeah. You know, they're easy to catch out there. Yeah. Because yeah. there are a lot of geese on the golf course. Yep. And they're pretty much all banded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we'll try to get some people on, maybe uh, talking about some conservation, some cool things that are maybe going on. and. People like hunting in different areas, like your buddy, and maybe the other guys is you guys' other buddy down in Missouri who guides now and kind of talk about that lifestyle. So, yeah, he'd be fun to get on and talk about that because I mean, that was kind of a big step for him this year. Yeah, it was. So, like Ethan said, look forward to some new content. Uh, tune in to our Instagram, and um, we mentioned this on the Hunt Fish Conserve podcast, but the website is getting redesigned. So, look for that. 